Talk normally, it's fine. Yeah, so one of my favorite Bible verses is Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Mm -hmm. And so when you dissect that, that is telling you to focus on the inputs and leave the outputs Mm -hmm. to God. And so going back to your story, that just shows you that God is above all your human understanding mm. can fathom because he created you right mm-hmm. in Isaiah it says my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways so much so is the heaven mm. higher than the earth so are my thoughts higher than you mm. so what God is teaching you and what I've been learning is that you completely because it says our righteousness is like filthy rags so we mm. can't do any works to get into heaven we can't impress God with what we do mm. the only thing we can do is believe you know, and the Bible says faith comes from hearing and without faith it's impossible to please God because mm. God is the author and finisher of our faith mm. so yeah literally leaving the outputs to him mm-hmm. and just focusing on the inputs focusing on being one with the Holy Spirit and then allowing him to live move and have our being that's really everything what's your spiritual journey been like like well, like, run me through that. I'm quite intrigued. So, my, I'm working in a pastor's house. My dad's a pastor. Mum's a pastor. Okay. So, typical PK or whatever you like to call it. And listen, I would say that because of that, it becomes second nature. And when you have familiarity, it can sometimes be dangerous because you don't learn to appreciate what you really have. So, I've always known good from right from wrong I've been to church whether it's going to church three times a week I was going to church one time a week so I had the fundamentals and the principles in place but I've learned now it's not about a religion it's about a relationship it's about allowing the Holy Ghost to move through you so you can be what he's called you to be because the Bible says he wants us to be fruitful and multiply so I got to a place where I felt that I was inconsistent. So I would be good and then I would fall off. And it How long ago there? So there was this prominent event called Kingdom Encounter in Eden okay. that happened around, I want to say October, November 2022. Mm. And that changed my life. Because I went there and the whole essence was last just... Last year? Yeah, last year. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So... Pretty recent. And people will say I've changed, but I don't realize it. But I focused on becoming who God has called me to be. And so the external people see the change. I always believed it, but Mm. now I'm manifesting what was already in the spiritual. I'm just letting it go through me. Do you know Mm. what I mean? Mm. So I went to this event and it was just about surrender, surrendering because as human beings, the issue is we need to focus on being, becoming who God has called us to be. Mm. But sometimes we focus on doing. Mm. And I wanted to be successful by the world's standards. That meant for me, okay, I didn't make it in football. Let me go and work in investment bank because that's what the society tells me mm. is what's deemed successful. And you do make a lot of money. Mm. So I focused everything on doing. And I got to a place where it didn't give me that fulfillment. It mm. wasn't what God has called me to do. Mm. And usually when, if you go to the story of the five talents, that's one of my favorite scriptures in Matthew. And it's it's where a servant, a uh, master goes away. He has three servants and he gives them talents. Talents are equivalent to money. He gives one five, he gives one two, and he gives one one. Mm. The one with five doubles it to go 10. The one with two makes four. And the one with one goes and buries it. So he comes mm. back and he says, well done, good and thou faithful servant. Mm. You've been faithful over a few. I'll make you rule over many. He's happy with the two that have mm. taken their talents and multiplied it. 
but the one who banished it and he actually took that one talent and he gave it to the one with five. Mm. And so that's why you understand that when they say, if all the money in the world mm. got evenly distributed, it would fall to the same hands because it's about those who are resourceful. God 100%. Gives people, yeah. re- God wants you to be a manager of his resources. Mm. He the, the, the whole idea of earth was an extension of his kingdom. He said, let thy will be done, but I will be done on earth, uh, on heaven as it is in, mm. on heaven as it is on earth. Do you mm. know what I mean? So going back to what you were saying, I was just focused on my will. And I was thinking, why is it not going well? Like, yes, I was, I broke into investment banking, but it never went to a place. Like my hard work never materialized in the way that I wanted. And I just surrendered to God. And honestly, best decision. Not only do I feel spiritually renewed, but I have a sense of purpose that I never had before. When you say, by the way, we haven't introduced... <laughs> we just went straight into it. Yeah, we it, haven't right? introduced and we're going to so. we're gonna continue. But hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is an unusual way to start the podcast, but we, we were just talking so much. We just thought, well, let's just start recording. So mm. welcome, everyone, to the Black Rate Connect podcast, where we speak with some inspirational, some intelligent, some empowering Black, young and older <laughs> professionals and entrepreneurs. So I have with me Solomon Danny Dele. That sounded so corporate. I'm not corporate at all, but... It sounded so corporate, but but so back to the question. So mm-hmm. for those that don't know as well, Solomon Bami Dele, he is the founder of Total Fit. Correct. That's it. That's it. Yeah, totally. yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And we're going to get onto that in a, a little bit more. But we're just talking first of all about his spiritual journey. And for those that have listened for a while, know that I'm a Christian. I have loads of Christians on the podcast by default, um, and I've got another one. So we're we're, we're talking honest. It's a yeah. part of our life. Yeah. So you mentioned before, right, that mm-hmm. when you was in investment banking, mm-hmm. that you didn't get the result that you wanted to get. Like mm-hmm. you didn't feel like how you wanted mm-hmm. to feel. What did you expect to feel at the end? Not that at the end, but what did you expect to get and what did you not get? I think it was the sense of purpose because I wanted to have a sense of fulfillment that made me think that I was doing what I was called to be, but I was doing what I wanted to do. Right. God Mm. said he wants his will to be done. So he has a will over over my life. Mm. He's given me tools. He's given me skills that he wants me to use for his kingdom. And it wasn't investment banking. Not to say it's a bad career. It's nothing to to put it against. But I thought, okay, let me be the manager of my life. Right. Let me be in the driving stick. And that's God's role. Right. I'm, I'm only an extension of what he wants me to do on earth. So Best American was cool. Like I got in, I worked some pretty good good deals, worked with some smart people, but I realized that I didn't have the fulfillment and I wasn't aligned with my God divine purpose. And what do you think that is? And have you discovered that? I would say I discover it and I wanted to caveat because most people say that they I love the way you use discover because people say find like it's hidden in some place because all inside you we're human beings so we get the most fulfillment from being becoming the yeah. best person we we can be and I would say one of my things is I want people to reach their full potential and so acts of service is one of my biggest things I trained as as we were talking about earlier I trained as a personal trainer and I enjoyed that. This was prior at university to earn a bit of money. 
And what gave me the most fulfillment was helping people achieve their physical goals. It was most, more so the mental goals, mm. the breaking limiting beliefs, the aha moments, the ability to get them to believe and be someone who they thought they couldn't be. Mm. And so whilst it was great to do that in a gym setting, I wanted to extend that. And that's how I became the bodybuilding banker. Mm. I was always asked, how do you do it? And then when we got into the job world, working 80 to 100 hours a week, that became a big that's challenge. Madness. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the things about investment banking. It might have called off now, but when you're working on a live deal, multi-billion sometimes, it can require you to be in the office. So that became a challenge. But, and I realized the questions were still coming in. Mm. But the reason why I transitioned over to Total Fit and, and supporting people reach that, to reach their potential is because I wanted to serve, but I didn't want to limit it just to, to fitness. I wanted to live it, limit. I wanted to expand it to mindset. I wanted to expand mm. it to personal growth. Yeah. Because usually, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's one of my favorite yeah. Bible scriptures. So it's getting people to reduce the gap between who they are and their full potential. Yeah. And that's what I do now through my keynote speeches, my coaching, and in total fit, a holistic wellness service mm. for the w- workplace. I love that. And I love the fact that you mentioned that it all starts with the mind, even mm-hmm. though, yes, you get the physical results. Mm-hmm. Because even today, I was doing a, um, a workshop about leadership, right? And I, do, and I do different segments. And so today I was talking about networking and the mm-hmm. power of networking. And there was one lady in there that was like, you know, I just don't, I don't network. I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable doing it. And I said, really and truly, it's, it's down to your mindset. Because if you tell yourself you hate networking or mm. you don't like doing something, mm. you're not going to do it. Or mm. if you don't if, if you don't believe that there's benefit into it, you're not going to do it. Mm. So you have to tell your mind the same way people tell their mind smoking is okay for me, mm. right? Exactly. There's the same way you can do it. So I, yeah. I, I really think that every, everything you do, I agree with you, is rooted mm. in your mindset. When did you discover that for yourself? I so when you ask that are you talking about the mindset or the purpose the mindset so when did you discover that mindset has a lot to do with actually getting results I'll credit that to my dad it's something that I've known from a young age okay so I grew up in inner city southeast London on a council estate so my mindset was whilst this is my temporary surroundings this isn't my final destination Mm. so if we go to investment banking for example it has a 3% acceptance rate. And most of the people that get accepted go to the target six universities or six universities which the banks recruit from. And generally, they come from affluent families, right? Their fathers were bankers mm. or it's through nepotism. Mm. There's some sort of connection. But I had a mindset very on, and I think it's God-given. And I think that's why my purpose is to serve and help people believe and become who they're called to be. Uh, I had that from a young age, but I didn't realize how to use it to support people and support myself. So it's something I knew I always had, but I wasn't using it to its full capacity because when I think of how did I get into investment banking when my surroundings were not likely to get into that field, it had to be mindset, right? I had to work backwards. I always say work backwards. You have your big goal and then you have different micro steps which allow you to get that big goal because Mm. the brain wants to protect you from pain, right? Mm. So if I said to myself, get into investment banking, but I was in the council estate and, you know, I went to a school that had, let's say a 20%, five star, five A star to C 
uh, pass rate, then how am I going to get there? Mm. But if I have the mindset and I work backwards and I say, okay, get into investment banking, that requires me to go to one of these six universities and I end up going to Warwick. How do I get into these universities? Well, I had to perform well in my A-level. What A-levels do I pick? I pick these A-levels. How do I perform well? Well, I am competent in the class, but I also do the exam technique. How do I improve my exam technique? Go on YouTube. Very calculated. You have to be calculated. The the thing is though, so that approach is fantastic Mm -hmm. and it works Mm -hmm. if you hit every milestone. Mm -hmm. And as we know in life, sometimes, you you know, there's hurdles. So Mm -hmm. you may like, I I remember in university, I had a plan to go to Brunel and my results didn't tell me to go to Mm -hmm. Brunel. So I'm like, (laughs) great, now what? The course I was going to do, I can't do that course. I can't, you know, Mm -hmm. so then how did you have any of those um, barriers or challenges? Of course. How did you cope with them? And tell us about them. Yeah, sure. So my first challenge was, I thought I was going to be a professional footballer. So facing that sort of disappointment very early on was an opportunity for me to grow through an experience because most people go through the experience. They don't grow through the experience. You know, an obstacle is not necessarily a problem. It's an opportunity to be better. And one of my favorite quotes is failure is feedback. But again, I'm, I'm talking in this mindset because I understand it now. But at those times, I was just going through brick walls because I knew I had grit and determination I was going to get there now from a business sense now I'm 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 speaking I'm building total fit and having worked with Microsoft now I realized but this was after many rejections I realized that failure is just feedback it's an opportunity to find out what is not working and then apply what is working they always say that get to the know the fastest way possible. Mm. Because if you think of Thomas Edison, who was who invented a light bulb, they said it took him 10,000 times to invent mm. the light, light bulb, right? But he saw it as 9,999 times the light bulb didn't work, right? So it's switching mm. your view on failure and, and knowing that failure is an opportunity to get closer to your goal if you mm. don't allow it to discourage you. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. And do you know what? With a, a lot alongside your quote, I use um rejection is a redirection. Nice. That's what I say as I like well. The okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got to just know yeah, you've got to yeah. through. The thing is, it's it's something that you can speak about, mm-hmm. I can speak about because we have that belief. Mm-hmm. For for people that feel like actually their surroundings doesn't give them any opportunities that they can see beyond or they don't feel like they've got the personality mm-hmm. or the right people around them. What would you advise? Like, how would you advise they kind of change their mindset and change their surroundings? Sure. First thing I would say is faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So for me, I think we live in a modern digital era where information is accessible, right? Oh. And most of what causes the differences in the in wealth in the world is because of information. Because if you knew that you, if you were going to write a book and overnight that book is going to make you sell a million copies, you would write that book. Now you wouldn't be doing this podcast. So going back to the first point, I would say is change what you're listening to. Even I've trained myself that 
even when I am in the gym now, I ensure that it's positivity, it's podcast, because whatever you, you put into your brain, you reinforce and you want to reinforce positive behaviors. Yeah. So always take every opportunity to make sure that mm-hmm. you put into your brain positivity because mm-hmm. faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Mm-hmm. And things happen in the mind before they manifest mm-hmm. into the physical. I was telling you, things happen in the spiritual before they manifest into the physical. Because if you look at the Bible, and I'm going to use the Bible because I'm a big mm-hmm. believer, God said, let there be light and there was light so Mm. words are very important Mm. so make sure that you fill your mind the bible says renew your mind do Mm. not be conformed to things of the world people focus on the things they see but they need to learn to believe so they can see it in their mind and manifest and bring it into so that's the first thing and then the second thing is get around people uh you can you can use opportunities to go to networking events even if it's online like we met at a networking event right Mm. we we went to an event where it was Dean Forbes. Yes. Dean Forbes, for example. He's doing brilliant things, but I don't have a personal relationship. You might have, I'm not too sure. You don't, but the common interest was that we wanted to be in a space where we saw other aspiring entrepreneurs, other aspiring business leaders, and it was accessible. You had to apply, but we put ourselves in position. So most people need to make sure they surround themselves with people because it prompts you to take action. I always use this basic example. Currently, I'm in a bodybuilding prep and I have to do fasted cardio. So fasted cardio is, as the name suggests, you're doing a cardio exercise without any food in your stomach because it promotes lipolysis. So it just uses lipids as opposed to food. Do you food. lose more weight that way? You lose body fat. Okay. You target more body fat. But notice I said fasted cardio, not fasted training. We'll get along. We'll get on that. But it's mentally difficult. Mm. I'm going for a bodybuilding prep. My calories are low. Mm. Running my business. I'm also working. I'm also doing things like a podcast and when I go into the machine I have the tendency to hold it right you slouch you're tired maybe I haven't had sleep but when I see someone coming in even if they don't do as much as me and I see them going on the machine and they're walking they're not holding the machine that spikes me to get up that encourages me to now get my hands off the handles and actually do the machine till it's full capacity. So if I can have that positive impact from that one action, imagine if you're surrounded with mm-hmm. people reinforcing positive behaviors every day. And then the final thing I would say is reading. Reading is a pa- fantastic thing that gives you people's life experiences that may have spanned over 10, 20, 30 years in one book. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we live in an attention deficit area where people struggle to read. The media wants to grab your attention. Mm-hmm. That's why short form content is doing so well. That's why we've seen Honestly. the uptake of TikTok. But there's so many gems that are left in the book. Uh, in, in books, I'm currently reading The Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. And it's a fantastic book. And it basically explains there's this cash flow quadrant, which there's four, there's four areas. There's the E, which is employees, trading time for money. There's an S, which is self-employed or small business under 500 employees. There's the B, which is the big business. And there's the I, which is the investor. And you want to be on the right side. You want to be a B and an I. And I thought I was doing things right. I have a good grasp of finance. I worked in investment banking. I have a business, but I was operating as as an S. I was doing things. So S means self-employed. I was doing things myself. And if I left my, so as I'm here now, I do have a team. I'm building a team. But as I'm here now, my business is not moving. But the difference between a B and an an S is a B has a system that they don't have to be on a day-to-day. That even if they leave, 
their business and return return in a year. Their business might even be more profitable than they left, right? But it's certain traits, but I'm learning that from a book, right? So rather than having to live that experience and fail my way, yeah. I can learn that experience from reading a book. So reading is very good. And listen, I don't always have time to sit down and read i do try to read hard copy but audible it's like 7.99 like i saw something online and it said they'll give you it's two months free and 99p and think of it as an investment in your future you can get through it's a light investment as well the amount of money we spend on tickets for concerts and festivals and holidays it's a light investment it's it's because of instant gratification people see the gratification of maybe going to a holiday and think of the now rather than investing in the future and going back to what we said about that long term. So to wrap it up, I know I I elaborated elaborated on points, but I'd say that you constantly put positivity in your head. So faith comes from hearing. Surround yourself with quality people and read. And it sounds cliche, but those things have drastically changed my life. Do you know what? I completely agree with you. I think in addition to that as well, I think when you go out to network and meet other people, just being prepared for those conversations. Of course. So what is it? Because some people go to networking events um, in general and they don't have their, not their elevator pitch, but they don't really know what to say about themselves. They don't have any conversational questions mm-hmm. prepared. Mm-hmm. Like for me, when I went to that event, mm-hmm. I knew I want to be, un- I want to understand other people's businesses sure. so I can see who I can connect with, who I can help to promote, mm-hmm. who I can interview. Have your why mm-hmm. as well when you go out because I've had, the other day when I had my event, I had um, someone in particular, I'll never forget this because it was really strange. They, they were waiting um, to speak to me and finally spoke to them and I was like, hey, mm-hmm. and they just stood at me and I was like, hey. Really? And I was like, <laughs> That would be awkward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm like, bless them. They just didn't prepare anything the whole time. They didn't even quickly go on LinkedIn to see, okay, what can I talk to her about? And nothing. Mm-hmm. Just prepare yourself so that, you mm-hmm. know, you, give, you put yourself forward in the best way. But um, back to your journey, right? Yeah. So why investment banking? And so, so you said football. Yeah. That don't work out. Mm-hmm. Tell us what happened there. And then why did you go to investment banking? Honestly, I went on Google and typed in what makes the most money. And investment banking came up. Okay. And then me, I decided I want to do investment banking. I found a community of friends, like two friends that went to the same inner city schools and we said, okay, this is going to be our route to financial freedom. And so it goes back to what I said, we worked backwards. That's what my view of success was working in the city, earning very good money. Because okay. you do earn a high salary post-university, but that was what my view of success was. I wasn't right. allowing my purpose, right? So... The reason why I did like investment banking is because from a very young age, you're exposed to high network individuals and you're working on landmark deals that you see on the Financial Times. So I can't always, I can't go into detail of some of the deals because of the yeah. privacy, but yeah. I'll give you one everyone understands, Facebook and WhatsApp. They were two separate companies. Now they're integrated, they were one. An investment bank worked on that deal. What investment bank does is they do either a merger or an acquisition. So oh, yeah. bringing two companies together or the buying and selling of companies. Yeah. As an investment banking analyst, you're involved in the process. You're involved in building financial models. So these are Excel models that, which predict the price of the asset you're going to acquire. So let's just say we're going to buy McDonald's and just stay with me. <laughs> Yeah, if you were going to buy McDonald's, for example, how would you value McDonald's? Well, you need to take into account there's several different chains. You need to take into account their previous 
revenue history, their their current performance, their future performance, and discount it to a price today that represents the value of the enterprise. I love the fact that I could learn all of that from a very junior age. And then when you're working on a deal, you're involved with def- different parties, so lawyers, accountants, consultants, which again, develops your business acumen. And then finally, just the ability to understand the markets, research, and be very astute. One of the downsides, downsides, but also a positive is you do work more hours. It's not a typical nine to five. I could leave the office anytime from 11. I've left the office at 6 a.m. But because you have that 80 to 90 hour week on average, most people, there's a lot of attrition in the industry. And if you work two, three years, generally you have strong enough skills to apply in many other industries. So some of the exit options are, for example, you can go into maybe consulting, you can go in-house and be a CEO of a company, you can go private equity. So these are companies that focus on leverage buyers or private acquisitions, taking a company from public to private, improving it and selling it on. But there's multiple exits. And I know Jeff Bezos was involved in um, investment banking. There's several very successful entrepreneurs who learned their trade investment banking. So I think I didn't have, I didn't have full clarity on what I wanted to do, but I knew that was a great route to wherever I would end up. And I believe I wanted to start a business. I just didn't know what it would be. And I knew investment banking would give me the skills. And I'd say it has given me a lot of key skills. It hasn't given me everything because experience, they say that success is a poor teacher and experience is actually failing and learning from your failures is the best teacher but investment banking was definitely a great route and in in the midst of that Mm -hmm. you then decided to be the bodybuilding banker (laughs) yeah 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 how did that come about talk to us about that so i qualified as a personal trainer i've always enjoyed health and fitness and it's something that was always synonymous to me i found it natural and at university, I started learning about the gym and we had a conversation about nutrition, about being able to mold the physique because there's a difference between weightlifters and bodybuilders. Oh. A weightlifter is focused on just pushing the weight so they may compromise form. A bodybuilder is an artist, almost like Picasso. Having... <laughs> no, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. No, I'm so sorry. The reason I'm laughing is because I didn't expect that. I know, I know. I know. Almost like Picasso. It's an art. Most people see gym, well, depends on your views, but it's an art of being able to design your, your body. body. So if I show you previous pictures, my I used to squat a lot, so my waist used to be narrow. Now I have, I, I used to have a wide waist. Now I have a more narrower waist and I have an elongated, um, I have like a V table, right? Ah. And that was through designing my body. That was through doing certain exercises. So that's why I went into bodybuilding. But yeah, at university, I went to University of Warwick. I learned about uh, fitness and I just continued it into investment banking. And most people, because of the nature of the job, will drop their health and wellness and in order to perform in the job. But I had a passion and a love for it. And I was able to somehow sustain a good physique whilst working eight to a hundred hours because I had a love and I learned systems. And so that's how the idea of the bodybuilding banker came. I created YouTube content. I've done a few podcast shows where I talk about health and wellness, but I found that service very limited to 
people who went to the gym and that's why I built Total Fit to mm. provide a holistic approach so I can serve others, right? I can serve everyone else, people who are not just focused in the gym mm. to live happy and healthier lifestyles. Why was that important for you to, fo- to focus on others as well? Because I know that um, realistically with business, sometimes you can't serve everyone. So why was that for you an mm. important thing to do? Why do you not just focus on your... That's a good question. I think it goes back to the fulfillment, right? Got you. Um, my, my purpose and the idea that I am someone who wants to focus on being who God, because there's the be, do, and have. And Mm. being speaks to your identity, doing speaks to your activity, Mm. and having speaks to your property. uh, property. Mm. So in order for you to become who you're going to become, you have to be able to do what you can do so you can have what you can have. And for me, that sense of fulfillment wasn't, there if I just focused on myself Mm. but being able to serve others first of all the more lives you can impact the more value the more wealthier you are the better your returns but I also had fulfillment and that's where there was some precision there was Mm. both fulfillment and there was both rewards so for me it was just important okay and um so you started Total Fit when exactly the idea or the actual business? I would say in November 2021, I started around the pandemic. It was just a marketplace, bringing trainers through Zoom, through online platforms and providing training services to people when the gyms were closed. And it pivoted into a more of an employee wellness platform. So we go in as a plug and play and provide like holistic wellness programs for your employees to in order to reduce burnout in the workplace, optimize retention and promote productivity because the more dopamine you have, the better your uh, your employees perform, the better your ROI because at the end of the day, everyone cares about ROI. Like how much am I, for every pound, how much am I saving or how much I gaining? And having a happier and healthier workforce is integral to that. 100% 100% I agree with that I, I say that all the time to mm. my clients whenever I'm like you need to invest in you know adding equity in the workplace and mm-hmm. making sure your employees are good mm-hmm. um, they're like but it takes it costs time and money I'm like yeah. well it's, you're going to make it back because they're going to be able to give more back to you because exactly. they're happier so mm. that makes sense so the idea came about mm. and out of interest when you started doing this in 2021 2021 you said mm-hmm. right how did you start the business itself was it more of a um, referral just word of mouth type of situation mm-hmm. did you create a website straight away did you create a social media page first like what was your first kind of step because I saw a lot of fitness businesses evolve mm-hmm. in lockdown especially so how did yours evolve exactly yeah that's a good question I would go back to saying I failed when I started because I focused on what was important to me, having a nice website, having a good social media page, when really, what is the problem? And how are you identifying the problem? And how are you providing solutions that are not out there? So I started building a Instagram page, started putting up content, that's what I did. I would write articles and then I would hire someone to help me put my thoughts on paper and put a lot of information of helpful information about some of the things we discussed, the superfoods, the importance of having protein, the reason why you should have sleep because there's non, 
non-REM sleep and there's REM sleep. REM just stands for rapid eye movement. One is more physiological, one is more beneficial, and that's going to help you perform. I started giving out all this information and then people started engaging and then I built a community, right? And then I noticed that with that community, I noticed that you had people who wanted fitness services, but you also had personal trainers who were out of work because the gyms were closed. And so it was bringing that community together and then forming a marketplace. But then you now, want, when you want to scale, you need to think of escape, um, issues that happen when you're trying to scale. Well, most people, because of the nature of the marketplace, most people can just take their clients once and, and go away, right? So you had a problem with retention and, and the ability to keep people. So then that's when I started, that's when I failed, but that's when I learned. And the way I learned is by reading books, studying um, books such as, I think, The Lean Startup by Eric Rouse, mm. and focusing first on building an MVP, a minimal viable product. So at this stage, it now pivoted to just a wait list, which is, hey, we're going to do this this event coming up soon. Would you be interested? And you'd get, say, 500 personal trainers and you'd get 500 companies saying when they'll sign up. And then you build off that because you have proven traction that people want your business, right? People go in business sometimes for their selfish reasons, but you need to go in to serve. That's why it goes back to purpose. How are you serving? How are you helping others? Because the more lives you can impact, the more valuable you can be and the higher chances of your business being successful. That's a really good way of thinking about things. Mm. I haven't really thought about things like that either. See, this is, sorry guys, this is like another selfish moment where I'm taking <laughs> this in for myself. <laughs> so that's a good approach. So when you said that you kind of built up the database to do it, was it for an event or was it for a particular launch? Like what was the database? So the database was initially just a newsletter. So okay. I was, putting out information on Instagram. I tried a bit on WhatsApp, had a WhatsApp group where I was just putting out information. And then it just came became collecting emails for right. a newsletter. So if you want this information, put your email in, people put the email in, and then every maybe week, once a week, I would do it. I'd write out content. Then it got to a place where I had to scale that out. So I gave trainers the opportunity to write out content. They would write out content, people would come in and then I realized, hey, you need clients and clients need trainers. Here it is. And then I realized that there was a huge, that's where like God aligned me to my vision where I realized I suffered in the workplace from a burnout issue, but I was, because I went to the gym, that was my saving grace. That was fine for me, but that wasn't fine for everyone else. So how do I take this solution that I have and make it available to more people. And I use my personal problem, it, I magnified it, and then Total Fit became more clear, having a holistic right. uh, well-being solution to create a happy and healthier workforce that mm-hmm. is physical, emotional, and mental. So not just focus on the weights, because like you said, some people don't like going to the gym, mm-hmm. but you know the importance of being happy and healthier because if you're healthier, you're going to have a better healthy home life and it's going to have a positive domino effect. Mm. So again, that's what I mean about failure and feedback, trying, testing, iterating, then building the MVP around it. So for someone that is suffering from burnout at the moment, because that's a common topic Mm. that comes up quite a lot um, in conversations in general, and they're struggling to carve out the time to work out from home at gym, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like how can they get there 
What's and how can total fit as well help them get there as well? Okay, I'll ask and answer that in two folds. So I'll say from a personal approach, it depends. First of all, you need to attach enough importance to what you're trying to achieve, right? Because most people are interested. There's, there's difference between you want your goals or you're interested in, oh. in achieving your goals. And if you're interested, you will have different reasons. But if you want it, you remove the reasons and make sure that you pursue them with 100% effort. So with me in investment banking, one of the biggest resistance barriers was that I was working long hours. So how do I combat this? Well, I created a system to remove the resistance so it's easy to go to the gym. How did I do this? Simple things. I just got my bag ready the night before. Having that one small action meant that when it came time, let's say I finished the office, finished at the office at nine, I didn't have to travel all the way home, get my gym kit and go to the gym because that the thought of doing that when I'm tired would prevent me from going to the gym. So I created a system. I would have my kit ready. This also extended with my nutrition. I would pre-prepare my meals. I would cook. If I didn't have the time to cook, I would outsource to meal prep companies, right? But I, I made sure I removed the resistance to ensure that my process to achieving my overall goal was easy. And the final thing was I had multi-gym access. I know not everyone can do that, but I had a 24-hour gym and then I had my main gym. So when I went home, I had a gym that I could go to. And then when I was at work, I had a gym I could go to. So the best way for you is look at where your obstacles are. Don't run away from it, run towards it. Don't view them as obstacles, view them as opportunities. And when you, rather than going through, you grow through, you break through that comfort zone barrier and you're able to improve. So. This could be applied in anything in life, but that's what I've done from a personal level. I attached enough importance and pursued it. And the way Total Fit, Fit do it is we help companies maximize their well-being budget by providing them with a holistic platform designed around their workforce and available for them in office. So we have a Total Fit team, for example, with Microsoft. They had a particular project team that were working extremely hard. They were burnt out. We realized people weren't coming to the office as much. And what we did is we listened to the employees and provide a curated calendar offering of different wellness day themes. So it could be Motivation Mondays or Wellness Wednesdays, yeah. right? And this was offered to their employees and gave them a chance to revitalize, leave work, replenish. And we had different experts within nutrition, within mindfulness, mm. within yoga, giving them the opportunity to improve their workforce and improve their well-being and their thinking. And what we're now looking to do is integrate technology which will allow them to allow them to have engagement tools. Because there's this one quote that rings in my head that my mom taught me, which is prevention is better than cure. Every day. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Every day. That's it's a proverb, but it's yeah. so important, right? Like you could, there was a, I think there was a stat that it's costing around, I think Deloitte said 56 billion a year in mm. ill mental health. That's a lot of money. But if you were able to prevent it, you would save a lot more money. If I take it to investment banking, right, the salaries are fairly high, right? But what is even further, what is even higher is the amount of recruitment fees you have to pay. And even if it's not even recruitment fees, yeah. let's say you get it free, mm. there's the cost, opportunity cost attributed mm. to retraining the person mm. you hire mm. when someone has left. 
So burnout is actually costing you sometimes two or three times their salary and that's going to impact your ROI. Mm. So why won't you spend on a wellness program that helps keep keeps your workforce intact and prevent you from burning out in the long run? No, that makes sense. Totally makes sense. It makes sense to me. But there's companies, okay, let me put myself in an ignorant company's mindset and say what they would, you know, they would say, you know, we, we're working efficiently. We're very productive. If someone can't keep up, then they can just leave. Mm-hmm. We have the money to cover recruitment costs. Money's not an issue for us. Mm-hmm. What's your answer? My answer is, let's see how long that would sustain. I think, I think you have to wake up and see that the world has changed post-pandemic. I would say now, given the economic environment, it might be an employer's market, but employees really value flexibility. They value, Mm -hmm. they want to feel valued. And talent is hard to come by, right? Mm -hmm. Because successful businesses are built on someone who has a vision, but you need day-to-day talent to execute that vision, right? Mm. So from a company's, if a company is going like that, that's Mm. fine. They might have a lot of capital, Mm. but over the long run, what Mm. you want to do is you want to build a sustainable workforce that can run on itself, not one Mm. that you have to hire because if you go back to an investment banking and Mm. let's say you've been running this company for five years Mm. and you want to exit the company, Mm. the the buyer is going to say, if... I want this business to run efficiently without you, right? And if your model has a high churn, that's the word they use when you're losing either customers or employees, that's a red flag. So that might work for the now, but for the long run, depending on your company's ambitions, it's very important to think of wellness. And even if you're a public company, from a shareholder's perspective, if you are public and you're on the market, if you have high churn, that's going to show in your balance sheet. That's going to show in your financial statements. People are going to read these and shareholders, me and you, who buy into the company might not be that confident because uh, they've lost a lot of, well, they lost a lot of their workforce, right? Uh, they've had to spend a lot. Why is this recruitment number high? And uh, that's why I love finance because, okay, they might be making a hundred million in sales, but their cost of goods sold, which is, so revenue is the top line. Then you have cost of goods sold. So how much is it costing to, to make that revenue? Then you have gross profit. Well, they're making 100 million, but it's spending 90 million because they're doing a lot of, or, or SGNA, which is sales um, generative and administration costs. And that includes like wages, for example, rent, utilities. If that number is high, that means it's not a sustainable business because it's relying on your ability to hire. And imagine if there's no talent. Imagine AI takes over, right? It's going to be very hard to have predictability in your business because that's how you have a good business, a business that has predictable, transparent cash flow. So from a long-term perspective, I think companies know the importance of wellness. It's just, it's just addressing that ignorance and helping mm. them, showing them right mm. um, why it's important. That's such the way you explain that is so good. Did you, did you, by the way, do any public speaking courses? I haven't done any courses. I believe it's a gift. I believe it's a gift. My father is a lawyer. He trained as a lawyer, and he always taught about or spoke about the importance of being able to communicate effectively. And one of my mentors, I was fortunate enough to see him, Dan Pena said, there's two ways you make a first impression, what you look in, what you say. So I've always tried to put myself in situations where I can learn, read, but it's something I've always enjoyed. That People have always said that I've been a good talker. And only now I'm trying to harness it through listening to 
people like Les Brown, people like Myra Golden, people mm. like Eric Thomas, mm. who most people might know as the hip hop preacher, the motivational person, mm. but he's actually a pastor of a ministry called APOC, A Place of Change. And the reason why I love him is because he uses that same motivational energy, but brings it to the word of God and it breaks it down. Mm. Because being able to communicate effectively is not by your fancy words, it's how you can effectively break down a complex argument and present it to anyone. Can anyone mm. understand what they say? Do they leave empowered? Do they leave inspired? And that's exactly. really what I'm trying to do with Total Fit and with myself, Solomon, the, the speaker and the high performance coach. Yeah, definitely. I think that you've got a way. I mean, I've, I've heard many people explain what you just said in regards to, you know, employee well-being and burn, burning out and companies invested into that and, the, you know, potentially not being sustainable. But you've put it in such a good way. I'm mm. more than happy for you to talk to some of my clients for me. And just talk to them, you yeah, know, sure. and you can talk about, about total fit. Yeah. But sometimes... I'm like, ah, you should know this. Mm. Why am I explaining it to you? But yeah, it seems like you're you're fine with doing it. I think it's just the instant gratification. CEOs currently in this economic climate are thinking of bottom line Mm. and survival, right? And so they might not see the benefit of spending Mm. because some costs or some benefits are not immediate. They're long-term. So if they can, that's why they cut costs or make redundancies because that stabilizes the ship in the short term. It might be in the long term. They might be an inefficient business, but investing, that's why it's investing. That's why not a lot of people do it. Investing in your workforce and your well-being might benefit you because you have very good reputation. So some of the best talent that graduate from the finest universities, not to say universities are the only way to get the best talent, but they're going to go to your company because mm. reputation, rapport is very, very important. 100%. Hundred percent. Reputation is one of them as well, but also um, customers mm-hmm. too. Like for me personally, if I'm choosing a client to work or someone to work with, I'm looking at okay, their workforce. Do they look after their workforce? I don't. I'm. I'm quite. Um, I make a lot of moral based decisions. So if mm-hmm. I hear any bad press about how you're treating your employees, mm-hmm. I don't care how good your product is. I don't mm-hmm. want to work with you personally. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more of Gen Z and Gen Alpha that care about how you, mm-hmm. how they treat their employees and where mm-hmm. they spend their money. So yeah. definitely. But so on to Total Fit. So you said that you're growing out a team now. Mm-hmm. How have you got to the place where you're building out a team? Um, what For anyone that's looking to potentially build up their own business mm-hmm. that want to know how to do that effectively, mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you've learned about building a team? Yeah, I've learned two things. You have to be resourceful. If you go back to the story of the five talents, it was this idea of using what you have because most people go around looking and say they need money, but that's why it says faithful of a few are making rule over many. What can you do with the resources you have? Then God will bless you because you've developed those skills. So for me, the first thing is, I had a network of people who wanted a job, but couldn't get a job in the current environment. So I was able to offer internships. They weren't full-time paid opportunities, but they were opportunities to get experience in a grown company with a guy who's worked in investment banking, works on some large scale deals. That's going to help you at university get potentially your dream job, or you can understand what it's like to work at a startup because the difference between a startup and established company is Sometimes at a startup, you have to have, it's a multifaceted role. You have to have- Always. Exactly. 
you have different responsibilities. You see the day to day and that actually gives you more responsibility and helps you grow. So that's the first thing, be resourceful. Uh I would say I was also resilient and I just never gave up. I would always post about what I'm doing because nobody knows what you're doing if you're not telling people. Some people have that tendency to keep their dream you know, to themselves because they have this mindset that is going to get taken away. But if you're doing it in good faith, the more you vocalize what you're doing, as long as it's in good faith in a positive way, you can bring people into your vision, right? If you think of some of the biggest innovatives in the world, Elon Musk, who owns Tesla or Bill Gates, who started Microsoft, these guys don't focus on the day-to-day running, but they were the imaginators of the business, right? If you go back to the Bible in Genesis, we are made in the image of God, right? And the idea of imagination, creativity is like the highest form, I believe, of the ability to generate wealth. Because once you imagine thoughts, you have people that can implement, right? You have workers that can do it, but it's the creators who are rewarded. So if you vocalize what you're doing, you're going to bring people to support your vision. It could be advisors. It could be mentors. Try and go for mentors as opposed to advisors because the people advise based on academic situations, but mentors are people who have been through the situation. But if uh, the same way you came to me, we met, but you went and had a look at what I was doing. I went and had a look at what you were doing. Mm. But if it was disclosed, it would have been hard to formulate an Any idea. Type of, exactly. Exa- no, exactly. And the thing is, it's funny It's funny you say that because I was talking about that today in um, my networking workshop and I was saying to the ladies, just simply have an updated LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Because before, when someone meets you, even at an event, they can quickly just see, oh, like they, they do this, or they talk mm. about this. And you may just forget to mention some things that mm. you have have featured and all that you've done if it's out there people know mm. also one other thing that I want to stress is that people remember you when you put things out there as well course, yeah. so sometimes you're I don't know there's times even this week someone contacted me I was like oh so and so is this to get in touch mm. I haven't spoken to that person for a year <laughs> and a half yeah. but because they see the, the posting and me putting myself out there mm. It, it reinforces it's important that people know who you are mm-hmm. like even though again a lot of women especially they don't like to to do all of that mm-hmm. a lot of men feel more confident mm-hmm. but people that don't feel confident about putting themselves out there and feel like it's you know potentially boasting or might feel uncomfortable with doing mm-hmm. that what are some of the things that you'll say for them to get past that feeling like i'm an imposter you know i think all of it happens in the brain frames create focus and when you when you look at a picture, you the, the frame makes you focus on the picture. So you just need to change your mindset. It goes yeah. back to what I was saying. If yeah. you frame it as, okay, I am uncomfortable, but I know that this is going to have a bigger benefit, then you, then you ha- create a contrast in fame and you frame, and then you ask yourselves different questions that make you do it. And one of the ways that uh, you could do this is something called the law of little actions. So procrastination is actually a behavior. It's what we do when we're uncertain, when we feel that we're going to be judged, when we're going to feel ridiculed, embarrassed, ashamed, when you feel you're going to fail. So once you have that behavior, 
whatever you reinforce, you become. So you have to do the law of little actions, not big actions, but little actions, which changes the frame. Because once you procrastinate, it, it goes into your subconscious. Sub means below, right? And it becomes automatic, automaticity, which means that the brain has to do it without thinking, right? So if you have that feeling that I don't want to talk at this network event, I'm going to feel ashamed and you keep doing it, it becomes easier and easier. But if you say, I'm just going to talk to one person, one person is going to be five minutes that now creates a new habit which Mm. compounds over time and it affects your Mm. self-esteem and if you do it you reinforce that habit and it's like going to the gym i told you i showed you my bodybuilding pictures i didn't start off like this i'll be transparent i was nearly 100 kg now i'm like low 80s why because it compounded it started over time I started with a little cut. Then over time, as I built the muscle, as I grew, it was able to compound. And now I've got to the shape, which I never thought I would be, right? Mm. So it's something that you build up over time. Mm. No, that's true. Again, I feel like the the title of this podcast will be Mindset. Give us a title. I feel like Mindset is in there somewhere because I feel like everything roots back. Unlock your inner superpower. That's it. That's what we're going to do. So... For what's next for, for Solomon, mm-hmm. for your personal brand, for Total Fit, talk to us about what's next and what can I do or anyone else out there do to not just support or help, but what can we do to be engaged? Of course, um, of course. Well, in terms of what's next, I think using my personal story and supporting a lot more people than I was doing. So initially it was through doing podcasts and YouTube content, but I've been fortunate enough to do a few keynote speeches at universities, at companies. And it's something I can, I love to do because one, there's that representation from an ethnic minority. And two, you never know who your story, which your what your story can do. If we go back to the Dean Forbes event, someone that's gone homeless to having a billion euro exit, that's really powerful and that's going to inspire the next generation. Mm. And sometimes people need to see, to mm. believe, but we know that believing, you believe first before you see, right? Mm. Like the things of the world were formed by faith, but not everyone's got that mindset. So to help them have that mindset, they need to see, they have to have accessibility. Mm. So in terms of, if you if you want me to, if you're, if you're a school or a company, and you want to speak about entrepreneurship, business, health and wellness. I'm an advocate speaker. I'm always at conferences and talks. I'm doing that a lot more. Okay. I've started coaching high people who want to go from potential to actuality. They want to live their, their, their best life with the resources they have, not going to find their purpose, but realize they are purpose because they have a godlike nature in them. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been doing from a coaching sense. And if where you can find me on Instagram at underscore life of soul and my YouTube, which is life of soul as well. And yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing more. And then more from total fit. If you're a scaler, mm-hmm. if you're a company, we're even looking to work with new build companies. I want to look after their tenants. Just reach out. Someone from the Total Fit team will reach out to you. You can reach out to the Instagram page. I'll leave my details and emails below. Mm. We're definitely looking, especially ahead of Mental Health Week. Mm. Um, That is a fantastic opportunity to show your employees you care, um, raise appreciation. And we've been talking to a company, a couple of companies about doing wellness sessions for their employees. Reach out if you're a director, a head of people, HR, 
wellness professional or just an employee who believe who believes they'll benefit from the service reach out to us definitely definitely i love i love your ethos behind what you're doing what you're mm. doing and actually there's clients i work with all the time because I, I work in dei a lot of them get me to look into the well-being of the company okay, so actually amazing. today i was doing a report for a company that needs to improve the well-being of their men in particular wow because that's what came out in the, it's in so the study. Vast well-being, right? yeah it is yeah. um and i was looking at suppliers actually i was actually amazing. looking at because i have to recommend I can't do anything yeah. so I always recommend suppliers like yeah. try this company so I'm glad that you've come so I can add you to a supplier list no, and be like do you know what this is a good company to reach out to mm. um, and you'd be surprised of how how many it's good to live good how many people or companies I've, um, I've had meetings with and they've said would you recommend this company would you recommend this company power of recommendation I'm telling you this uh-huh. week alone I've had Every conversation I had with companies, would you recommend them? And I, funnily enough, know these companies, so I can say whatever I want. Mm. Of course, I would never tarnish another company, but <laughs> I'll never do that, even if, even if I didn't yeah. be bad. So, yeah, so you've got another recommendation, and I'm thank sure you. at least one person listening will be like, recommendation mm. um, as well. So thank you so much for coming. Mm, I appreciate it. It's been, it's been one of those conversations where it doesn't feel like a podcast, and I feel like that is very powerful. Our minds are aligned, and we had so much to talk about and I feel like if we didn't put on the camera we would have had this podcast either way but it's been so great no 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 thank you thank you so much for keeping it 100% and being honest Mm -hmm. being insightful and wise as well so Mm -hmm. thank you so much appreciate it and um, thank you all to listen to this episode please share it okay don't just keep it to yourself it's important to share I'm going to share all the information um, about Sol and and what he does in the description so feel free to stay in touch connect with him and refer him to companies, even your company, that might need him too. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.